Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcat with Trevor Sheppy and Ben Outerback. This is our second episode. Welcome and thanks for listening to our podcast. It's great to have football back, Trevor. I know we had a lot of fun watching games this weekend. Uh, before we get started, just want to shout out our Twitter page at Fantasy Wildcat on Twitter. Feel free to send us any questions you have about your fantasy roster or league this year, and we'll be happy to respond. So without further ado, Trevor, let's get into it. What caught your eye this week? Yeah, so I think we're we're going to go through some uh, weekly highlights and lowlights here. Um, I think we're going to start off with the Lions running backs. I am very disappointed in Carryon Johnson. Um, uh, Swift obviously missed the game-winning touchdown reception. Ben, is there a clear one to own here? I think DeAndre Swift long-term is the best player to own out of these three. I, I said it last week. I don't know why they picked up Adrian Peterson. I was even more surprised that he got the most touches by far this week. He had 14 carries, three receptions, and I'd be surprised if they stick with that for the entire year, especially as DeAndre Swift gets healthy and gets to know this offense better. But, but yeah, I was very surprised that AP was their number one guy this week. Yeah, I, I'm sort of hands-off until someone comes out clear and maybe the latter half of the season with Swift. We'll have to wait and see with that. But from the kind of iffy backfield of the uh, Lions, we go to the very productive Colts backfield. Um, we had Taylor, Hines, obviously Mack is out for the year now, so Taylor and Hines I think are two really big players to have breakout seasons this year. Yeah, and it's a shame Marlon Mack tore his Achilles. He was my week one MVP last week. He started off well. He had over eight points in the first quarter and a half that he was healthy, and these three guys combined for 51 points last week, so I, I think you're going to see a lot of production out of Taylor and Hines, and we'll touch a little bit more on Hines in a little bit. Yep. And now we move on to the Steelers wide receivers. Ben, your team, why don't you take it away here? I think it was very encouraging for the Steelers receivers yesterday. Juju looked like that number one receiver he, that he was two years ago in fantasy, and if you have him on your team, you're definitely hoping that he can carry that throughout the entire season and really have been healthy through that, throughout that all. Deontay Johnson, he muffed a punt in the first quarter, but went on. He had 10 targets, 6 catches for 57 yards. He's going to play a big role in this offense. I think he's going to uh, really fill into Antonio Brown's shoes this year, and I think he's just getting started. He's going to end up as a, a regular in your lineup every week. And in terms of James Washington, Chase Claypool, they're both worth watching long term, but but neither one's ready to, to be a fantasy starter right now. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that Juju's back. He is a fun player to watch. I think the Steelers are going to be really good this year with Big Ben back. As long as Big Ben stays healthy, I think Juju's going to be a wide receiver one by the end of the year. So I'm really looking forward to those Steelers wide receivers. Um, we do have the Saints wide receivers as well. We had Michael Thomas pick up an injury. He's out for a couple of weeks, so I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a good play. People got him late in the draft, and... I think you can plug and play him over the next few weeks, but my suggestion would be go to the Michael Thomas owner and just send a trade. See what they have to see what they want and who knows, maybe you get Michael Thomas on the cheap. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not sure if he's gonna be available, but it's worth a shot and I know I did that with Debo Samuel in some of my leagues. It's it's best to take advantage of guys who are hurt for only a few weeks and and you know they're gonna be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two long term. So it's good to go after those guys early and Emmanuel Sanders, I think this is a great opportunity for him to, to be that number one guy and really build that relationship with Breeze, and then he can carry that on when Thomas comes back. 
Yeah, and he had the goal line target in the game. Um, so I, I fully expect him to be a good player over the next few weeks. But from good wide receivers to two good wide receivers, but just to have a really bad team, we got the Browns wide receivers. Um, OBJ had 10 targets, two drops, but Landry had a good PPR game, but I think Landry's going to be hurt this upcoming week, so I think OBJ is a good play for next week. I wouldn't give up on him yet, but the Browns just look like the Browns. They look like they did at the end of last year, and I don't feel confident about them going forward. Yeah, about OBJ, he had 10 targets this week. I'm not very concerned about him. He's going to get that volume, and eventually it's going to regress in his favor. I think he's going to really rebound and become a solid wide receiver too this year. Yeah, one of my favorite things, positive regression. So I'm hoping that OBJ does pick up some more points. Um, but we do, from a bad team, go to, I think, my favorite team this year. I know I'm a Pats fan, and yes, I'm going to root for the Pats over everyone, but the Cardinals, they are scary good now that they have a number one wide receiver out there. And I think they're the second best team in the NFC, and I think they're going to come out of their division. I don't know if they're that good, but they're definitely good. I think they're going to be a playoff playoff contender. And if you watch the second half of this game, it was Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins over and over and over again. And I think you're going to see a lot of that every single week moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we I think we just got to quickly touch on the uh, NFC West. We got the Seahawks, the Rams, the Cardinals, and what's the last team I'm looking for, Ben? The Niners. Niners. That is the best division in football, hands down. I think three of those teams are going to the playoffs, and I don't know which one isn't. Yeah, it's going to be a fun season in that division, and definitely lots of good competition. Yeah. But another good team, we talked about a little bit about the 49ers there. we got the Steelers. Their defense looks crazy good. They held Saquon Barkley to minimal yards on the ground, and I, I expect them to do that going forward, and I think every running back that you're going to play against them, you might hesitate no matter how good they are. I agree with that. I think it's going to be tough to play any running back against that front seven. They were dominant yesterday. Watt and Dupree and Hayward all wreaked havoc on that uh, Giants offensive line. So I think you're going to see a lot of offenses struggle against them. But you did see the opportunity for the receivers for the Giants. I think the Steelers are going to be ahead a lot this year. So I think there's going to be some opportunities for opposing receivers. But they also shut down Evan Ingram. So it's definitely going to be tough against them this year. Yeah, I was disappointed at that one. He was one of my week one MVPs. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for a bounce back because I got a lot of shares of him. But one thing I did get right in week one was Minnesota's defense. They are not as good as people might think. I, I really think throughout the year you're going to see some good games, but they're just going to be an average defense. I think you can play players against them and expect people to have big games. Yeah, I was surprised after... The Packers ran the ball a lot last year in every game. They came out firing. Rodgers was going over the top to Adams, Valdez, Scantling, Lazard, and the Vikings just couldn't stop him. The Vikings looked like they were expecting something completely different. So I think that's tough for the Vikings moving forward. But with Mike Zimmer as their coach, I expect them to at least get a little better. But, but that was concerning. Yeah, and I think this is going to be my favorite section of the quick uh, highlights and lowlights. The Eagles suck. I, I love saying that because I, I do live in Philly, and I, I know a bunch of Philly fans. They suck. They are not a good football team, and that was an embarrassing loss by them in week one. 
Yeah, their offensive line was terrible. They have two guys out for the year. Lane Johnson was also out, mm-hmm. and they couldn't block anybody. That Washington defensive line is really good, and they really got to Wentz. Wentz started, I believe, 14 of 17, and then after that, it was terrible. He wasn't reading coverage as well. He really relied on Dallas Goddard, who we'll get into later. But, yeah, those wide receivers didn't make much of an impact, and neither did the running game. And it really it really caused the Eagles to suffer this week. Yeah, and so that wraps up our weekly highlights and lowlights. We just wanted to quickly go through what we thought were the biggest hits on the week. And uh, now, as everyone knows, if you play fantasy football, we've got the waivers coming up. Uh, ben, do you want to sort of walk us through this waivers and see who's maybe on your list this week for QBs? Yeah, let's start with a guy who played last night, Ryan Tannehill. What really encourages me, I know he was wide receiver one from the the QB time one. he became the QB one from <laughs> the time he became a starter last year until the end of the year, and last night we saw it again. He had 43 attempts, I believe, and if they're throwing the ball that much, he developed a a good relationship with Corey Davis last night, which was good to see that he'll his multiple targets he can trust. I think he's a guy that if you're looking for a guy to start this week, I think he's your guy. What do you think, Trevor? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, who who's his matchup this week? We have it later in the segment here. We got the Jacksonville um, Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, they're going to be a pretty soft defense. They did show up against the Colts, so. Maybe that's something to think about, but I think Rivers just, he's aging. I don't think he's the best QB, but I fully expect Tannehill to have a really good week next week. All right, let's move on to the running backs. This is a this is probably the most important section of the waiver wire. Running backs are really the foundation of the team, and there are a few good ones this week, Trevor, that, that we think are worth picking up. Who's your favorite? Yeah, I, I think priority number one, no matter what your team looks like, and just no matter, in, over any other player, I think is Naheem Hines. That Colts backfield looked very good. And I just said Rivers is not a great QB anymore, but he loves throwing to the running back. You saw that with both Taylor and Hines, and Hines was the one in the backfield near the goal line. I think he is going to be a great play over the next few weeks. Maybe Taylor cuts into that year long. But I think right now he is that sort of Austin Eckler player that Rivers loves to throw to. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Hines was running back four this week, which is amazing because he was the third string running back going into the week. So I think he's definitely the number one guy that you need to get on your team this week. Yeah, And then then if he's not available, Trevor, you and I disagree on this, but Mm -hmm. I like Benny Snell as number two right here. If you can't get Hines, I'd go with Benny Snell. He broke out last night at over 100 yards rushing. Really looked good as a runner. Did much better than James Conner when James Conner was healthy in the game. And I really think moving forward, Benny Snell is just going to get a bigger and bigger role in this offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree. I think he's a great addition. He's owned in 14.6% of ESPN leagues. I think he's a very good pickup. But I have him slightly behind Malcolm Brown. I mean... With that Rams backfield, we'll touch on it more later, but I think in the beginning of the season, he is going to be the priority number one. He's going to be the running back that gets the touches. He looked the best. Maybe Akers cuts in at the over the course of the year, but they lost Todd Gurley, and he, had, he was a highly productive running back, as everyone knows. And so if Malcolm Browns fills those shoes even slightly, I think he's going to be a great player over the course of the year. Yeah, I think that's a crowded backfield, but I, I do like him as the number three guy behind Snell. But 
I do think Snell's going to be the better pickup. We yeah. also like Jarek McKinnon and James Robinson this week. At least I like James Robinson. You don't. He was the only running back who got carries for the Jaguars this week. If you can't get one of the other three guys, I'd go with James Robinson. I think long-term, he's going to be the starter for the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are going to have more success running the ball than they did this this past week. And I, I think he's worth keeping on your team for a while. Yeah, I he got all the carries. I, he's the Jags running back. I just I prefer those other players over him. I think he is sort of the last one on the list for me. Um, I do like McKinnon as the pass-catching back in uh, the 49ers. Uh, he played, I think, every of the third down uh, plays. Maybe he missed one or two, but he's going to be involved until he gets hurt. Hopefully he doesn't. I really like him as a player, and in a PPR league, he can score you 10 points a week, and I just I don't see the upside of James Robinson having a Jaguars starting running back. All right, with that, let's move on to receivers. Trevor, who's your favorite receiver to pick up this week? Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's sort of a toss-up between Anthony Miller and Lazard. Um, The Bears' offense just looks terrible, but Anthony Miller seems to have that good connection with Trubisky. Um, But who knows how long Trubisky is going to be the QB there, so I probably have to lean Lazard as my favorite option this week. He's owned in 27% of ESPN leagues, and he seems to be Rodgers' number two wide receiver. I know MVS did get some deep targets, but Lazard just seemed to be all over the place, and MVS did drop a few passes that I could see Rodgers was upset about, so I expect Lazard to really fill that number two role for Rodgers. Yeah, two guys I like. Paris Campbell, who... I thought would be owned in more leagues, but I, I believe he was around 37% owned. So if Paris Campbell is available in your league, I like him more than all the guys we're going to mention here at wide receiver. He had six catches this week. I believe he's going to play a huge role in this offense. His speed can be used in a bunch of different ways. He had carries this week as well. I like him moving forward. I also like Corey Davis. We've been waiting for this guy to break out. The number six overall pick three years ago, going to his fourth year, and he really played really well last night. Everyone expected A.J. Brown to be the number one guy for the Titans. And Brown played pretty well. But but Corey Davis really got a lot of targets, had seven catches. And I really think moving forward, he's going to have a big role in this offense. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think he's a good pickup. I, I just We've seen this before from Corey Davis where he has a big game. And I just haven't seen the consistency out of him. And so... I would pick him up, stash him on your bench, but do you play any? Do you play him this next week? Probably not. It depends on really on what you have on your team, but but I think I think you keep him on your team and hope that he has another good week that you can feel more confident about him in the future. Yeah. So I mean, Ben, I'm going to put this question to you: If you are desperate looking for a flex, maybe you have some running backs who got hurt, wide receivers that who got hurt, or maybe you've got a Tampa Bay running back. Who do you start as a flex between Lazard, Anthony Miller, Keelan Cole's another one out there, Ryan Gage of the Falcons, or Corey Davis? Who do you plug and play next week? I think Anthony Miller is the safest option there. I think he does have that good relationship with Trubisky. Today, Allen Robinson... Uh, is not happy about his contract. Yeah, it seems he deleted like all of his uh, Bears tweets and everything from Instagram, so he is not happy with their current contract. Which I think is a lot of noise, but it's a good opportunity for someone like Anthony Miller, who, if Robinson does get traded or something like that, 
he's going to step in and have a huge role in this offense. And either way, I think he's a good play every week. Yeah, I mean, I think I have to go with Lazar. They've got a decent matchup against the Lions, and I, I expect that to be more of a shootout with Galladay back. I mean, the Lions' offense didn't look that great this past week, um, but I think they're really missing Galladay, and so I would probably have to lean Lazard. All right, let's move on to tight ends. This is a big week for tight ends. Mainly yeah. at the top, though. And I, I know we mentioned TJ Hawkinson last week. That was a... Good week there. Is there anyone maybe farther down the list that you think is going to break out this week? Yeah, I mean, when I was going through this, I put Herndon on there, Olsen, Jonu Smith, and I didn't realize that Herndon was owned in 41% of leagues, but Dallas Goddard was owned in 27.2% of ESPN leagues. That he, He's owned in all of my leagues. I don't know how that is possible. He is your priority number three after your top two running backs. So Hines, I would pick over him. Brown, I would pick over him. Maybe Snell, if uh, if you listen to Ben. Um, but I think he's a number three priority. He looks like Wentz's favorite target from week one. He might be tight end one on the Eagles team, but Ertz is also very good. Yeah, I wouldn't overreact to one week. I th- I still think his ceiling isn't as high as other guys. I think Ertz's ceiling is much higher as well. But I, he's Wentz really relied on him this week, and I think that that's going to stick moving forward. He's going to get his targets every week. I think he finished as uh, tight end 10 last year as a second tight end. So he he's going to play a role, and I think over Herndon, Greg Olson, John Dew Smith, who you're just taking a flyer on, Dallas Goddard, you're going to feel more comfortable with starting in a given week. Yeah, I mean, the other guys we mentioned, they're sort of there if you need it. Um, Tight ends are always sort of, if you didn't get one of the top ones, they're sometimes a weekly play. So Herndon's sort of good for PPR because there's no one on the Jets offense besides Crowder, really, and now Bell's gone. So he might be a decent play, but the rest of those guys, you're just desperate for a tight end. All right, as we wrap up the waiver wire, Trevor, who have people may have uh, drafted that you want to drop this week that you've already given up on? I I made a bold statement week one saying Chris Thompson was one of my favorite running backs this week, and oh boy, was I wrong. Um, it was very concerning that he did not get a single carry. He didn't seem to be very involved in the passing game. I think he's someone you got to drop. There's no value in having him. Maybe he does well a week or two during the year, but I think he's a straight drop. Two other guys who I think are pretty safe dropping are Carryon Johnson and Tevin Coleman. Similar situations where there are two other guys on each team that are going to get more touches. Carryon Johnson, you have Adrian Peterson, who looks like he's going to get the bulk of the carries, and DeAndre Swift, who's just going to get a bigger role as the year goes on. And then Tevin Coleman... You mentioned Jarek McKinnon earlier. I like Jarek McKinnon a lot as the second running back there, and Raheem Mostert had a very good week. It was relying on one big reception for a touchdown, but but I think Mostert and McKinnon are clearly above Coleman. Yeah, I, I think Coleman will have his weeks where he maybe gets a touchdown, but I think he's going to be a very boring option to have. He's going to be like 10 carries for 50 yards and something along those lines, 15 carries or something like that. I just don't think he's going to be a good option, and who knows what happened to carry on Johnson. It seems Patricia just doesn't want to give him the ball, so 
I think both those guys are pretty safe drops. Someone who I was debating putting on here was Boston Scott. He did get injured partway through the game, so I'm holding off on dropping him for now. I want to see how he does next week and sort of go from there. All right. Let's get right into the weekly matchups. Starting with the electric Thursday night game, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Trevor, yeah. let's start with the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, it, we make fun of this game, but I I am actually somewhat looking forward to it. On, on the first look, Bengals-Browns, that seems like a really boring game to watch, but I'm excited to see Baker Mayfield and OBJ potentially have a bounce-back week. Then I really want to see uh, Murray or Burrow, the uh, number one pick, come out and have a chance to show off in a Thursday night game. But going into the Bengals, we have Joe Mixon had a bad week one. They played a very good Chargers defense. Um, I think Mixon's going to be the target of a lot of defenses throughout the year until Burrow can show off that he, that he can throw the ball more. Um, but I expect him to have a better week against the Browns than he did against the Chargers week one. I agree. I think if you have Mixon on your team, Trust the process. Stick with him. He's going to have better weeks. And I really like how Joe Burrow played in the second half with the exception of the, the interception, which he should have just thrown away. But hopefully Zach Taylor, the Brown, the Bengals coach, allows Joe Burrow to throw the ball downfield. Early in this game, he wasn't giving him the options to do that. And Burrow's really not going to develop unless they give him the opportunity to throw to A.J. Green, to throw to uh, Tyler Boyd, throw to uh, John Ross down the field. I Hopefully they can do that this week. They open it up a little more in the second half. I actually love A.J. Green this week. Mm -hmm. Coming off uh, a pass interference call late in the game that would have been a touchdown for him, would have been a win for the Bengals. Against this Brown secondary, I touched on last week that with Grant Delpit out at, at safety, Kevin Johnson out at corner, Greedy Williams out at corner, they're banged up, and I think they're going to struggle to defend these good Bengals receivers. So hopefully the Bengals really attack the the Browns secondary like I expect them to. Yeah, I really think the only players who are starting for the Bengals are Mixon and A.J. Green. I'm out on Boyd until he shows me more, but I think A.J. Green could have had 18 fantasy points if they didn't call that pass interference, and I just I don't think that was a pass interference on one of the last plays of the game. But on to the Browns, who had a very tough matchup against the Ravens week one. Um, Chubb didn't have a good game, 5.6 fantasy points, and this is all PPR that we're going to talk about. OBJ, 5.2. Landry was okay with 11.1. And Kareem Hunt was the best fantasy option of the week at 12.1. Is there a player or are there multiple players that you are willing to play from this Browns team in week two? Yeah, I don't think this Bengals defense is great, so I think the, the matchups are pretty good for the, the Browns players. I think Odell Beckham, he had 10 targets this week, as we mentioned. I mentioned I expect him to positively regress there, especially with Landry banged up. Kareem Hunt, I really liked what he did this week. He was a factor both in the rushing and the passing game. Nick Chubb fumbled last week, so you could see Hunt just big, get a bigger and bigger role in this offense. And I, and I think Chubb and Hunt, they're both safe plays this week at the running back position. I think they're going to have some success running the ball, and that's what they want to do under Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, no, I'm. if you got Chubb, you're playing him. If you got uh, Hunt, I think he's a, a decent RB2, but more flex option. Um, but my real question is, OBJ, he had 
10 targets, I believe, two drops, and he just didn't seem to be on the same page as Mayfield. But the targets are there. He's a great wide receiver. It's a bad Bengals defense. Everything is telling me to just go ahead, trust him, play him as like a wide receiver too. And I'm hoping that does pan out. But who knows? It's the Browns. They could choke, and OBJ could end up with 5.2 points again. And a lot of this is Baker Mayfield. He's good. Everyone expects him to get better, and he's got to do that. And he was terrible last week. I get it was week one. It was a tough matchup. So I expect him to bounce back here. But if he doesn't, I'm worried about these receivers long term. Yeah, if if they don't show up this week, I am try and trade OBJ. That That is my opinion. I think Landry's a safe play when he plays just because he's got those targets. Um, but I believe he is questionable for this upcoming matchup, so just watch his health throughout the week. And uh, if he's out, then I think OBJ will have a, a safer week. All right, let's move on to the first 1 o'clock game on Sunday, New York Giants against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I mean, Barkley here, obvious play. He played the, the Steelers defense. I think we sort of just got to start off. These Giants, they played the Steelers defense week one. Players seem to have good uh, fantasy um, outputs in that game for the Giants, but take Ingram, for example, 2.9 points. I thought he was going to do great because the Steelers are going to cover those wide receivers, and I thought he was going to be available in the middle of the field, but that didn't happen. I still think Ingram's going to be a good play this week, and the real question to me for this Giants team is, what do you do with the wide receivers? Who do you trust? This is tough. I mean, I think uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, it's really going to depend on each week. Golden Tate was out this week, so that that presented a good option for the other two. And Sterling Shepard had 10.7 fantasy points, which isn't terrible, but you expect a little more about from a player of his caliber. And Darius Slayton, who caught both touchdowns, so ended up with 28 points, and that's that's a huge output for a receiver. And I don't think he's going to be that good moving forward, but I do think he's He's worthy of a flex play this week and, and most weeks moving forward. Yeah, I I would have to agree that I think Slayton's a flex play, Sterling's a flex play. I'm not playing Tate this week. I want to see how he fits in and who he takes targets away from. Um, but what about the quarterback, Daniel Jones? He had 17.36 points last week. Are you playing him against the Bears? I think I'm going to look for other options. I wouldn't feel terrible about playing against the Bears. Matt Stafford looked pretty good this past week, and and Daniel Jones is a good fantasy quarterback. He's gonna he's gonna get yards. He's gonna score a couple touchdowns, but he's also gonna make those rookie mistakes like he did last night. He throws a, an interception to T.J. Watt on a, a short pass. He didn't, didn't see him at all. That's a, a rookie mistake. I know it's his second year. And then the other pass, trying to throw back across his body, and Bud Dupree got it got a hand on his hand and, and caused the interception in the red zone. So he's got to avoid those mistakes. And I don't think the Bears is a great opportunity for him, but but I, I would be comfortable starting him and expecting at least a decent output. Yeah, and then moving on to the Bears from, I think, a, a good fantasy quarterback to who knows with Trubisky. He has good weeks. He's got horrible weeks. I think this Bears offense is one of, going to be one of the worst offenses in the league. They managed to win against the Lions. They had short fields. The Lions lost that one. The Bears did not win that game. I'm not a fan of Trubisky going for it at all. Leave him 
out, but I think Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller are pretty much the only two fantasy options on the Bears' offense for me. Yeah, I agree. I was encouraged by David Montgomery this week. I mean, it didn't seem like he was going to play until a couple of days before the game, and then he played 13 carries for 64 yards, which is pretty good production yeah. at the running back position. I think long-term, he's going to become a, a solid running back to flex guy. Um, and I expect that, especially against the Giants defense that Benny Snell ran all over last night. I think David Montgomery could be a, a decent option if if you don't have another a, a better option at running back this week. And in, about this offense, it took them a while to get started this week, but they really caught fire in the fourth quarter. And you, if you're a Bears fan, you really hope that carries over to this week against the Giants. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe in that happening, but I think... Anthony Miller, 17.6 points PPR last night, or not last night, um, this past week. I, I think he's a safe flex play. Allen Robinson, you drafted him as your wide receiver one or two. I think you're going to still play him, even though he's unhappy. Like Ben said before, it's, I think it's just a lot of noise. They'll get a contract completed, hopefully, but I, I still think he's going to be a good fantasy option. And I think Jimmy Graham's worth a mention, but I, I'm not comfortable starting him in any leagues. He had one touchdown. He almost caught a second one, but his knee was down. He's going to be a red zone target, but I'd stay away. I, I don't think he's going to get enough targets uh, to really be a factor at the tight end position. Yeah, no, I just don't think they're going to get near the touchdown enough for him to be any sort of value. But um, going to a more exciting game from the Giants-Bears, we have the Rams against the Eagles. Um, I am looking for the Rams to run over the Eagles this week. Um, realistically, the Eagles are probably going to have a better week. Um, Wentz did look really good in the first half, but the second half he just really seemed out of place, so maybe they get things together. Um, but I think the Rams have a lot of good fantasy options this week. Yeah, and we saw that last week. They they came right out, got Robert Woods four catches, three or four catches on the first drive, 60 yards, and then... That offense kind of uh, sputtered out in the second half, but Malcolm Brown, Brown was good at the running back position. Cam Akers was decent in, in all his touches, and I, like I mentioned before, I'm not huge on Malcolm Brown because I think this is going to be a crowded backfield. I think Akers is going to get a decent amount of touches. I think Henry's going to get a few. So Malcolm Brown got the goal line touches, so I, I do think he's the, the best out of those three, but I think it's a mess. But yeah, Cooper Cup, I expect him to have a better week than he did last week, and and the same with Higby. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup, he's a tight end machine, and they went to the running backs in uh, week one. So I do expect him to bounce back and have um, a touchdown this week. Uh, but, Ben, you had Higby as your tight end MVP for week one. He didn't fully live up to expectations. He had seven fantasy points, so he wasn't a complete bust, but he wasn't what you were hoping for. Do you expect him to bounce back this week and have a better week too? I do, but also what concerns me with the Rams is all these weapons. And You saw that Sean McVay had a great game plan in the first half this week, really spreading the ball around, getting everyone involved. And I think that would be my concern moving forward with Higby is that he's not going to get the volume of targets that he did at the end of last season. But I do think he's going to do better than the seven points he had this week. I think he's going to get over 10 this week, especially against an Eagles team that that uh, gave up some production to Logan Thomas last week. Yeah, and I think we have to mention Goff. I, he had a b 
bad week one due to the fact that there's no passing touchdowns. I expect that to change this week, and I think he'll be a middle-tier quarterback if you're desperate. I agree. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles. You already hit on Carson Wentz and the the kind of the mayhem that he went through. This offensive line was terrible, and I think that's going to be hard to rely upon. Miles Sanders should be back this week, and hopefully that can give a boost to this offense, but I'm not sure how much they're going to be able to run the ball if this offensive line is is as banged up as they are. Yeah, I'm I'm out on Wentz this week. I think you saw what Aaron Donald did to that Dallas line and Dak Prescott. Wentz is going to get eaten up this week. Uh, he's going to have to force the ball out quick. I think there's going to be an interception or two. Uh, maybe this is me just hoping because I'm not an Eagles fan, but um, I, I'm out on Wentz this week. How about the receivers? Is there anyone you even consider starting this week? I I would um well Rager had I think one one uh reception for what was it fifty five yards I believe so he might look like he had some good points in terms of PPR but one reception is one reception. Um, Djax he had eight receptions uh, three three catches I, he hit the targets are there so I think he's going to bounce back. Should have a bigger week. I'm playing him over Edelman this week. I, I'm sort of wow. debating that still. I don't really know, but I feel like those eight targets, D-Jack's going deep. I feel like that should be there. I feel like he has a bigger fantasy potential than Edelman, even in PPR, but I don't know. It, it's a toss-up. I'm still debating it, so maybe that's a hot take in the earlier week, and maybe I'll come around later in the week, but right yeah. now I'm leaning D-Jack's. I think he could break out any week, but against Jalen Ramsey this week... I don't think that's going to happen. He didn't look like he had a connection with him once last week. I think it's best to stay away from all Eagles receivers until one proves that he's a consistent option. All right, so maybe I'll change my mind and start Edelman then. Um, but we did have the Eagles backfield. I think we need to touch on quick. We had Boston Scott. I think he is someone I want to see another week before I put him into a flex position. He... Looked okay. Um, he will he will be that pass catching back. Um, so I'm still holding him on my bench, like I said previously. I want to see what he does when he has Sanders in there. Yeah, I wouldn't start him, but I, I, I agree. I don't think he's worthy of a drop. I think you can keep him on your team for now. But yeah. this offensive line worries me, so so I'm not crazy about their running backs until I I see some better offensive line play. Yeah, and I think. We've touched on Goddard before. I think Ertz and Goddard are both starts this week. I agree. All right, so now we got another exciting matchup. We have the Falcons versus the Cowboys. The Falcons threw for how many yards was it by Matt Ryan? Do you have that, Ben? I do not, but it was over 400. I think it was around 450. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, 450, two touchdowns, one interception, and that's just because they were behind. So they just threw the ball, and I expect that to be the Falcons throughout the majority of this year. Yeah, Matt Ryan was my week one MVP last week, and I really got bailed out by by the score. They really started throwing in the fourth, third and fourth quarter because they were so far behind. And you saw with these receivers, Julio Ridley and Russell Gage all had 12 targets apiece. Ridley caught the two touchdowns, so he, had, he was the most productive fantasy-wise. Uh, but yeah, this offense can be explosive, and I'd be interested interested to see if their defense could hold up a little more and if, if that was a close game, how these these receivers would have done. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last game where three different wide receivers all got 12 targets. That's just, that's crazy. But like I said, I think Ridley's going to pass Julio this year in terms of fantasy, not real-life wide receivers. Julio's the, one of the best in the game. But I think fantasy, Ryan likes to go to him in the end zone. And so week one, my prediction looks good. Hopefully it holds up. Um, I've got some shares of Ridley in my league, so I think both those guys are easy starts. But on to more flex options, and who knows what that tight end. So we have Hurst and Gage. I think they're probably the two biggest question marks of the Falcons for week one. Do you trust Hurts? You drafted him probably as your tight end one. He had 6.8 fantasy points. Do you play him against the Cowboys? I think you see what else is out there, but I do think Hayden Hurst is going to be good long term. I, I wouldn't. I don't think Russell Gage is going to get 12 targets every week. I think that's going to be spread around more. I think Hurst is going to play a better role. That was his first game, first real game with Matt Ryan as his quarterback. I think as he gets used to this offense, as he builds that relationship with Ryan, I think he's going to he's going to do better. But I think if you can pick up someone like Dallas Goddard, I'd be more comfortable with Dallas Goddard than Hayden Hurst this week. But but if you do have to start Hurst, I don't think that's a bad option. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Gage is going to disappoint the people who start him this upcoming week. It was just uh, constantly having to throw week one um, for Matt Ryan. So I expect him to not to be a play in some weeks, but it's going to be hard to guess what weeks those are. But I am still surprised that Gurley ended up getting 13.7 fantasy points this week with how much they threw the ball. So I expect him to have a probably higher fantasy production in week in week two against the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree with that. You saw the the Rams running backs have a decent day Sunday night against the Cowboys, and I think, like I said last week with Todd Gurley, if he's healthy going into the week, put him in your lineup. Yep. And now on to the Cowboys. We got easy plays of Zeke, Dak, and Cooper. They had great fantasy weeks. So Dak had an okay fantasy week, but. Jarwin also got hurt. He's out for the year. I don't think there's a fantasy tight end you want to start there or even look at. But really the biggest question mark of this Dallas Cowboys team is Lamb versus Gallup. Lamb had 10.9 fantasy points. Gallup had 8. Gallup was called for a pretty iffy pass interference call, offensive pass interference call, towards the end of the game that would have put him above Lamb. I still order them Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, but... Lamb looked good in week one. Yeah, I agree. And I think with Blake Jarwin hurt, I think they're going to go to three receivers more. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to get a bigger role. And I really think all three of these guys are going to become fantasy regulars in a couple weeks. And this week it's a good matchup. You saw Lockett and Metcalf both expose this Falcon secondary. And I think all three of these guys are going to create issues again this week. Yeah, no, I, I think Cooper is wide receiver one. Gallup's wide receiver two, Lambs a flex. I think they're all possible starting options each week. But moving on, we have the Panthers versus the Buccaneers. Brady had his not-so-happy start against the Saints, and I think a lot of people expected the Bucks to be that Super Bowl team, but I've seen Brady play over the past few years. He's great. It's going to take time for this Buccaneers offense to click. All new parts. You gotta have a new tight end, a new quarterback, new running back, a whole different sort of offense to what they had last year. It's gonna take time for this offense to click, but I think 
Godwin is the one safe. People drafted Evans high. He's going to have a decent fantasy production, but I think Godwin is going to come out on top here. Yeah, I think Godwin's the best option here, but I wouldn't overreact to Mike Evans week one. He wasn't 100%, and I keep, so I'd keep an eye out for the injury report, but as soon as Mike Evans gets close to 100%, he's going to be a beast in this offense. He's going to build that relationship with Brady, and I think he's going to have a great year. But but I do like Godwin more, uh, especially this week when Evans, we're not sure if he's 100%. But yeah. let's move on to the other players in this offense. How about Rob Gronkowski? Hmm. Not much to do in this offense. Now, uh, O.J. Howard has been put on IR. I, I think it's a three-week IR. Yeah. Um, but, and mind you, people need to realize when there's going to be reports of people going on IR, that does not mean the same thing as previous years. When you go on IR in previous years, that's, what, eight weeks? Yes. Eight weeks, and this, this year it's three weeks. So just because they go on IR doesn't mean you drop a player. Obviously, you're not keeping O.J. Howard, but... I also think Gronk is not going to be a fantasy option. People drafted him as late end, tight end, late tight end one. I'm not playing him. I am out. Brady had a good fantasy week this week, but that's because he fell over the goal line into a touchdown. Brady was not a good fantasy option last year. I don't really expect him to be a great one this year. He'll be a weekly play based off the matchup, and it's a good one this week against the Panthers. Yeah, I think he he's going to do well this week against the Panthers. You saw Derek Carr carve them up this week. The Panthers are going to play a lot of exciting games, mostly because they don't play a lot of defense, and their offense has some exciting playmakers to it. So I, I think Brady can have a good week. And now let's move on to the running back position. Ronald Jones seemed to be the number one guy this week. But if you have Leonard Fournette on your team, do not give up on him. He's going to have a bigger role later in the year. And it could even be this week, but after only two weeks on the team, you kind of expected a big role week one. His role is just going to get bigger and bigger as the year goes on. But Ronald Jones, he's a borderline flex this week. I, I do like the matchup for him, but but who knows with Fournette, with Shady McCoy, who knows how many touches all these guys are going to get. Yeah, I mean, the Panthers last year sucked at defending the running backs. Week one, they were not good as well, so... I do expect you to, I wouldn't start anyone, maybe a flex option, but I think this week is going to be the week that we see who potentially is the better running back in that backfield. So pay attention to that, but I'm sort of hands-off and not putting anyone into my lineup this week. But on from a, a messy backfield to clear play, CMC, number one overall, put him in. But the Panthers do have three wide receivers one you drafted high, the other two you got at the end of the draft. We had DJ Moore with 9.4 fantasy points, Robbie Anderson at 25.5, and Curtis Samuels at 9.3. Who's your favorite option there? Do you overreact from week one and say Robbie Anderson might be the wide receiver one there? No, I wouldn't overreact. DJ Moore, he had nine targets. He ended up with 9.4 fantasy points. He's still the number one guy there. I expect him to to be the number one guy moving forward, especially this week. Robbie Anderson, that's encouraging because we weren't sure if we are going to be able to start him going into last week. Seeing the 25.5 fantasy points he had last week, the long touchdown that he caught, I think that's that's a good sign for him, and it, it doesn't necessarily work against DJ Moore. I think they're both going to be solid starters this week and moving forward. But Curtis Samuel, he's going to have weeks where 
he plays pretty well because they're going to use him a lot in this offense in different ways. But but I'm not comfortable starting him until he, he really proves it week in and week out. Yeah, I think Robbie Anstrand's a decent flex play. I am excited to see how he does week two um, against this pretty good Bucks defense. Uh, I, I wouldn't overreact. I would still start DJ Moore. Yeah, I think he's still going to be your wide receiver one or two right around where you drafted him. But really do pay attention to Robbie Anderson. He, he was a great player for the Jets on a very bad offense and a bad offensive coach. And so maybe Teddy Bridgewater really likes him going forward. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the Panthers, Ben, unless there's anything else you want to touch on. Nope, that's it. Let's move on to the 49ers and the Jets. This should be one of the most lopsided matchups this week. What do you think, Trevor? Let's start with the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, so we, we've touched on McKinnon versus Coleman. Um, McKinnon had 13.4 fantasy points. Most starts uh, a must-start every week. He's, he's their number one running back. It's pretty clear. And I think McKinnon does have value. I am just wary of this week against the Jets. They're going to be up early. They're going to run the ball. So I probably lean a Coleman week this week, but I did say to drop him. I, I don't think he's going to be a valuable running back, but maybe you do hold on to him one more week, but I, I, I'm not starting him this week, so I'm probably dropping him for a Malcolm Brown or someone who could have that upside year long. Yeah, I don't like McKinnon or Coleman this week. I think they could have a big role, but they're going to be running the ball a lot. Mostert's definitely going to get the bulk of the carries, so I, I wouldn't start McKinnon or Coleman. Uh, moving on to the receivers, there's not much there. I mean, hopefully Brandon Ayuk plays this week and we can see what he's made of, especially with the limited other options they have. I think he can really break out on this offense until Debo Samuel gets back, but but with the guys they played last week, there really wasn't much there for the receivers. Yeah, they did sign Mohamed Sanu. I would just watch how many targets he gets. I think he is a good wide receiver. I Obviously, I'm not starting this week, this week, but there is value in that wide receiver group. I just don't know if we know who that is yet. Um, and I think we have to note that Kittle does have a minor injury that you have to watch throughout the week. Uh, see how serious it gets um, towards Sunday. Uh, but obviously, if he's playing, you're starting him. Yep, and Jimmy G, this could be a great opportunity for him. I think there are guys that we like better this week. I mentioned Tannehill earlier, but if you're in a deep league or a two-quarterback league, I think Jimmy G could have a, a really good week this week against the a weak, a weak Jets defense. Yeah, and speaking of the Jets, uh, you hit last week with your wide receiver MVP. You had James Crowder. Yeah, you had Crowder. Um, he had a great week. I expect him to consistently get that PPR value, potentially have that big touchdown like he did in week one. So I think he's he's pretty much the only offensive play you have here. Maybe Herndon if you need a tight end and desperate like we mentioned before. But Crowder is pretty much your only weekly start on the, the Jets offense. Yeah, I'll take my victory lap with Jameson Crowder right now. I hit 13 targets this week. That's exactly what I predicted. He had the two big games against the Bills last year. He did it again this week. And really moving forward, he's going to be a great option. I think he's he's going to be a, a very consistent running, uh, wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one this year based on their limited weapons and and the fact that they're going to be behind in a lot of games. But, are, you, are you saying a, a fantasy wide receiver one this year? Yes. Oh, boy. That, he's definitely that's... the Jets wide receiver one. 
Yeah, uh, that that's a that's that's a big shout right there. I I'm not as high on that as you are. Fantasy um, football is about opportunity, and and who's going to get a bigger opportunity than he is? And you know, a weak offense with limited weapons. But speaking of those limited weapons, Frank Gore, Josh Adams are going to be the running backs. Do not pick either of these up. Get them off your team. There's just not a good opportunity here. Yeah, and Bell is out. Um, if there's any possible way to trade him to someone who maybe was an old Steelers fan or likes Bell, I would try and find some sort of trade partner with him. I, I mentioned this week one, I really don't like him as a fantasy option. He only had six goal line attempts last year, six. And so if you can, off of name value, get some sort of return, I would try and do that. But I know that's really hard with him being hurt for the next couple of weeks. And just keep an eye on Brashad Perriman. Eventually this season, he's he's going to play a bigger role in this offense, but he had a tough matchup against Tredavious White of the Bills. This could be a better op- a matchup for him, and, and moving forward, if he plays well this week, he's someone to consider picking up or or uh, keeping on your team in the future. But stay yeah, away from Yeah, and speaking of Le'Veon Bell's old team, we have your favorite team, our last matchup that we have to cover this week. We have... The Steelers versus the Broncos. Ben, do you want to kick us off with the Steelers here? Yeah, after a kind of a rough first half, the Steelers really settled down. Big Ben looked like a lot of his, his old self, which is very encouraging as a Steelers fan, and especially encouraging for all these these fantasy weapons that the Steelers have. But let's get into the running backs. James Conner got hurt sometime around the second quarter. We didn't even hear that he was injured until the fourth quarter. I thought he got benched based on that's how bad he was when he was playing, but... But Benny Snell really broke out. I believe he had 20 carries last night, over 100 yards. Really looked good and really looked like the number one back on this offense. So it's interesting to see. Who knows if James Conner is going to play this week as a high ankle sprain. But I, I mentioned earlier, I like really like Benny Snell as the number two guy behind Naheem Hines in terms of waiver wire this week. And I, I think he's going to have a bigger and bigger role each week moving forward. Yeah, I I put Connor as my week one running back MVP. Um, I would have liked to see the game if he was healthy, uh, but he didn't look good in the beginning, and Snell did look good. So I I do worry about Connor. Maybe that's an overreaction. Maybe he is the Steelers' actual running back one. But if they both play this week, really pay attention to who gets the snaps in the backfield. Tomlin does like having a single running back. Doesn't really like to use a uh, rotating backfield, so I think we could get a clear decision on who is the Steelers' running back one over the next few weeks. All right, and we touched on these wide receivers earlier, but just want to reiterate, Juju looked like a wide receiver one this week, and that's very encouraging to people that have him on your team. And Deontay Johnson, I think, is, is definitely going to be a reliable wide receiver, too, fantasy-wise this year. Ten targets yesterday. Expect him to to start off better this week against the Broncos. We saw what Corey Davis did to them uh, in a similar role. I think this is a, a big opportunity for him to to have a big week and get in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I am so happy, like I said before, that Juju's back. Um, Deontay Johnson is probably the, uh, the second start. He's a decent flex option for you. James Washington, I would not play. I would wait and see what he does. He looked really quick. He looked decent, but he had three targets, so I would shy away from starting him for a while. But um, I think Big Ben is going to have a good week. He is going to be a, a not not the, the QB1, but he's going to be a QB1 this week. 
Um, so I, I expect him to have a big week. Yeah, I don't think this is the best matchup for him against Vic Fangio and a decent Broncos defense, but I, I do think it'll be a good test. If if he plays really well this week, I think going forward you're going to be comfortable starting him every week. But but he could struggle. Last night the Giants' defense wasn't great, and I think if he can get pressure to Ben, he looked uncomfortable at times in the pocket. So so we'll see if he uh, can feel comfortable and really build upon last week against the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I think besides Juju, the safest start from the Steelers is that defense. They are really good, and I am scared for the Broncos' running backs. Um, Philip Lindsay's out. He's out for a little bit now, so Melvin Gordon's the sole back here. He had 15.6 fantasy points last, uh, yeah, it was last night against the Titans, who are a good defense, but the Steelers held Saquon Barkley to Almost negative yards throughout the most of the game. Um, do you play Melvin Gordon this week? He's going to get a big opportunity with Philip Lindsay out, probably out. But I don't think you can. I think Saquon Barkley, everyone has a as a consensus, probably top five running back in the league, and he couldn't do anything against the Steelers defense. They were dominant. I think it's going to be similar. I think Melvin Gordon's going to struggle. If you do play him, I think he has upside catching passes out of the backfield, but but I don't think you can rely on him. I think it's best to go to other options. Yeah, and I think we just quickly got to touch on those wide receivers there. Sutton, play him if he's in, but Jerry Judy, I'm probably out on this week. Yeah, Jerry Judy is an interesting person to consider. Yeah, he was decent in his debut this week. If Cortland Sutton's back next week, it's kind of interesting to see what his role will be uh, when everyone's healthy on this offense. So I'd, I wouldn't start him this week against the Steelers if Sutton's back, but he's definitely someone I want on my team. He's going to get better and better as the year goes on. He's an electric receiver. He's great in college and, and really showed spurts of that last night. So I, I like him long-term, but this isn't the best matchup for him. Yeah, and that wraps up our show for tonight. Um, this next episode, or this episode is going to be out uh, Wednesday, we're going to try and do that each week, and the following will be on Friday. We're going to go to two episodes a week because our first one was long. Um, so this next episode, you'll have Ben's Blitz, the week MVPs, and the last eight matchups. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed this one, and uh, like Ben said, go follow our Twitter and make sure you like, subscribe, whatever you do, whatever platform you're listening on to the podcast here. We really appreciate it. All right. Have a good week.